Hey metalheads, you like tattoos? Of course you do. If you're in the Louisville, Kentucky area, come on over the bridge to Clarksville, Indiana and get you some ink done at Ageless Art. If ink isn't your thing, they have a piercing studio as well. Visit agelessartclarksville.com to see some frequently asked questions, meet the staff. The shop is open Monday through Thursday, 12 to 8 p.m., Saturdays, 12 to 10 p.m., and Sundays, 12 to 6 p.m., all appointment-only spots. You can set up your appointments by phone at 812-283-1793 or email piercing at gmail.com and someone will get you set up for your first or your next tattoo or piercing. Hey, Metalheads, after going to a Rager, what's your ultimate go-to? Mine is totally pizza. So when Overload is playing or I'm promoting the Metal Forge Live showcases or the big goddamn metal show, I go to Pizza Donisi. Pizza Donisi is gourmet artisan pizza from right here in Louisville, Kentucky. It features things like the pizza of the month, the sandwiches, and also vegetarian and vegan options, which is so totally fucking cool for all, all of it's It's awesome pizza. You definitely want to go. Hey, and also, from time to time, they do cannolis. Oh, so fucking good. You know what they said, man. Leave the gun, take the cannoli. Yeah, just like that in Godfather. They're located right next to the Mag Bar at 1396 South 2nd Street. So either stop in or call in at 502-213-0488. They're open till midnight. The witching hour. Heineken? Fuck that shit! Pabst Blue Ribbon! Hey, metalheads, you all hear me talk about Magbar all the time. It is the home to the Metal Forge Live showcases and is an integral stop in the ultimate underground metal tour schedule. They obviously feature live music, but the Magbar also has daily specials like Pint and Slice Night on Tuesdays with Pizza Donisi. But they also do Bring Your Own Vinyl on Thursdays with DJ Kent Jackson. And Finer Things Sundays. Located right next to Pizza Donisi at 1398 South 2nd Street. Open 3 p.m. to 4 a.m. seven days a week. Get your asses out to the Mag Bar. Rock out. For 45 years in keeping Louisville weird, Electric Ladyland has been there for all your eccentricities. While they do offer the best smoking supplies out on the market today, there's a whole lot more to check out. From ashtrays and blacklight posters, to records, incense and burners, and items to stock your metaphysical supply. They're open from 10 to 10, 7 days a week. Located at 2325 Bardstown Road in Louisville, Kentucky, and at electricladyland420.com. Roll out. 
Beloved and faithful, today here we release to the ethos Lucifer 5, the service to be held at 8 p.m. Stockholm time. Please RSVP to the link below. Our guest today is none other than the masterful vocalist of Lucifer, Joanna Platow Anderson. And we are talking today about Lucifer 5, released today. And holy hell, friends, metalheads, how the fuck are you? I am Mark Jackson, and I am your host. Thank you for tuning in this week to this solemn Lucifer episode. Thank you so fucking much. It's a little bit different today. We've got the organ in the background and then, you know, whatever else might pop up here and there. But yes, uh, Joanna is standing by and holy hell, this is like an awesome moment for me because uh, I explained to her that, you know, it's like a couple of years ago, I got sick and had to cancel an interview, and they only had like a, a minuscule amount of time, and it was like shit. And it's been like a two-year thing in the making to get this interview back. And now that it's here, I'm like, yes, this is so rad, and I'm digging it. You know, we've had a banging fucking year already. We've got some more fucking episodes ready to come, and holy shit, wow. Awesome, awesome, awesome stuff. You know, I am totally, like, jazzed about so much of the metal that's going on right now, and so many cool things that already in January, this album is coming out, and I have to write it down to make sure that you know, by December of this year, and you know how fast this time goes, how fast it's going to be here, and we're going to have to go around and be picking albums of the year, and I've got to start writing them down now, and this is already, within the few weeks, we are into this year already, bam, this is already on my list, 
and it's fucking rad. I hope you all dig it, you know. I got a copy of it through uh, the through the label and it was a it was a pre a preview copy and I was so blown away with it that it's really not left my player or anything. And you know, it's 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 nine songs. I mean there's a few long ones on there. There's a there's a, a six minute uh, song, but that's really about the longest one, and and that's uh, at the mortuary. And you know it it's cool. I love the layout of everything. I love the uh, the cover where it's in where it's in the coffin and the actual like uh, the link below shows you where all the members are in coffins and. It's it's done really really well. So I believe there that is actually going to be a live event on on the Facebook page too. So that's why there's a uh, a link to it. So check that out. You know. So I'm gonna not ramble as much here. We're gonna get into this already. So I got into Lucifer on the second album, and really it is. It is such a good album. It's 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 near perfect for my taste. And there are so many songs that, you know, I could pick. But because it's going to be uh, this uh, funeral pyre uh, release of an album, here is Reaper on your heels. Dig it.
hail Lucifer today because Johanna from Lucifer is here and this is super fucking cool because a couple of years ago, I think it was during the production of the fourth album, I we had had a thing where I was supposed to have you on the show then and I got sick and had to cancel. And it's been like two years since. <laughs> so here we are finally. <laughs> Well, luckily, I have Alzheimer's. I wouldn't have remembered this. Uh, hey, thank you for having me. <laughs> for <laughs> sure, <up>? for sure. <laughs> uh, how are you today? Um, pretty all right. Um, existing. <laughs> sure, sure. So <laughs> how are you? I, I'm doing well. So how is, I always like to ask because, you know, California is my, uh, uh, my kind of I want to be back kind of deal. So how's the weather out in the out in the West Coast land today going? Um, well, uh, I'm actually in Sweden right now. Oh, wow. Below freezing point. Oh, shit. I'm look- yeah, I'm looking out onto the Baltic Sea, and the sea has frozen over where I live. So it's like fucking cold. It's um, it's nighttime here. It already gets dark at like 3 p.m. in the afternoon. Wow, that's and- early. Yeah. That's even earlier <laughs> than us. And and for us, it's usually around between 5.30 and 6 when it gets starts mm-hmm. to get dark in the winter here. So, yeah, no, no, I couldn't do that. Uh, when when I was setting this up, they, they asked for Pacific Coast time. And I was just like, oh, cool. And that's why I thought that you were out there. So, oh. so it's actually they, cold as shit for you. It is, yes. They messed up. I'm sorry they messed you. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. Totally good. So we're here today to talk about Lucifer 5. Wow. Here it is. It uh, it comes out today. Uh, I listened to it. Uh, I've actually been listening to it since, uh, since Austin hit me up and said, hey, check this out. And it's like, I'm already familiar with them. I know I'm already going to love it, but let's check it out anyways. Uh, and yeah, I'm blowing the fuck away. Uh, early already, uh, definitely within the, the few albums that have come out, it's it's top of the list for me. Wow. Thank you. I get goosebumps. Um, <laughs> please, please keep talking. <laughs> oh, for sure. No, seriously, um, it means a lot. That's really cool to hear. Thank you. Well, uh, one of the things I like to actually talk about when, before we get into uh, anything crazy on the album such is I'm going to start with artwork because I've always loved minimalistic artwork, but I've also loved like the crazy the crazy covers from people, you know, that you get all these intricate like uh, sacrifice from Motorhead. It's all intricate and everything, but but you all have have stuck to the numbering system for the albums. Is there is it just because that's what it's about. Why Why do you all do the numbering system first? Well, I started with that because my previous band that I had before Lucifer was called The Oath, and they broke up before the first album even came out, you know. Uh, we broke up. <laughs> and um, so I immediately founded Lucifer. Uh, this is now 10 years ago. And um, I gave the first album the title Lucifer One to kind of manifest that this is only the first one of the sequence of albums to come out. Basically to, you know, to make make sure this means I will have to have more albums. Um, um, I'm signing up for this, you know, and so far I haven't made a fool of myself. Uh, We have five albums now. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> well, absolutely you haven't made a fool of yourselves. I mean, because like I said a minute ago, it's like, I know it's going to be good. But every time out, I am completely blown away with how much better it, it is. And how you all over the time, over the last 10 years have, you know, it's almost instant that you could turn it on and and play anything. It comes up in the playlist. I don't care. It's like, that's Lucifer. I know who that is. And I think that's awesome. And how did you all do that? How did you come up with the idea to just say, this is what it is, and go from there? It just happens from the gut. It's really not calculated. Um, I think we we are way too, like, in the moment and too busy to really sit down and make, like, some sort of um, musical business plan or something, you know. It's, it's just um, we work from the gut, and luckily the progression has been that um, the albums become better. I agree. It's not intentional. I think if that was intentional, then you'd start, then you'd, have the you know you have that from the beginning right yeah <laughs> that I, everybody would only ever have one album right <laughs> exactly right How do you do that? So, <laughs> so i guess it just happens and it makes me very happy that you say that um because it feels the same for me and it's not because i have to promote this album now or something um and because you're not supposed to i always say that you're not supposed to um love one of your children more than the other right because that would be horrible but for some reason as proud as i am of our catalog this album uh goes deeper with me and um yeah i am very happy about it but it's really not that calculated or constructed we are just super but nick is very busy you know nick and i we kind of do everything together sure and um, He's very busy with his other bands and stuff, and I'm very busy because we are a DIY band, so I do everything myself, you know, the management, the social media, the logistics, emails, talking to the different vendors and record company and this and that. Uh, so it's a lot of really boring office work, basically, you know, it sucks. <laughs> it's the and thing that... It's the thing that we all signed up to be rock stars to get away from that we still end up doing. <laughs> <laughs> right? Exactly. It's, it's fucking annoying. And I, you know, uh, I mean, it, it saves us a lot of money that I do it. But at the same time, it means I'm perpetually poor. <laughs> right. <laughs> and like overworked and underpaid. Right. But whatever. Uh, we do this for the arts. And uh, <laughs> yeah, we all do it for the fun of it, for the love of the game. Because, right. you know, as we've as we've talked on, on this show till we're blue in the face about with, with everybody else about how major corporations have completely screwed over any kind of uh, prosperity that most independent bands could have. So, yeah. And, and, but I will say too, that there, there are some really cool bands out there doing some really awesome things, you know, like your, you know, like uh, Lucifer, uh, Sanhedrin, you know, uh, you know, uh, snafu, some amazing friends of mine. Uh, yeah, just, uh, just like there are awesome things that can happen, which are, which is still cool. Yes. I'm, I'm so glad that, you know, this, um, we do, uh, we are, you and I, we're part of a scene that's very um, passionate about, um, music 
and it will always spawn young bands or or new bands um i mean i'm born in 79 and i started um being a rock and metal fan when i was like 12 or 13 you know and uh, i already you know sang in a band back when i was 13 um it was shitty but you know i, I tried you know <laughs> yeah uh, but it's part but, of it isn't it yeah exactly and since then you know i've seen so many bands um grow out of the ground left and right so rock and roll is never dead you know in our universe i love that for sure and so with your with your writing how has say the progression between albums with with like lyric writing and vocals how did they how have they manifested and changed for you I think I still go about it the same way, mm -hmm. um, but maybe you just hopefully become a little bit better because you have more practice over the years, you know, and also uh, you have more life experience and the voice ages with, you know, more like tragedy and things happening to you in life. Um, I would say that that usually translates into the how the voice sounds. So I. I mean, by nature, I hate my voice. I do. Um, I think most I of think, us do. Yes, yeah. But um, I do think I have become better at expressing myself. Absolutely. When I listen back to Lucifer 1, it's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> and you wonder, it, you because, know? well, yeah, because that's a, a, a decade ago when that was released, yeah. you know? So, and when it, well, when it was, uh, uh, when the band was formed. So, yeah, that... I get to the point where I understand what that's like, where some of the songs that I wrote that long ago, I have a difficult time performing now because I have grown so much as a person. Have you ever mm -hmm. experienced anything like that? I have experienced that there are certain songs that I don't like to sing because they remind me of certain times. For example, um, we have that song called Dreamer, and people always want us to play that song live. And I really now, maybe I shouldn't say this, but the truth is um, I will sing it for the people who actually, you know, pay right. their dollar to, to go to the show. I will do it and I will really try my best not to go through the motions, to feel it because they feel if you feel it or if you don't, you know. But um, I don't like to put myself uh, in it because it reminds me of a time where I just came out of a relationship um, that was kind of uh, emotionally abusive. Mm -hmm. So it will always remind me of that asshole. Uh, I get that. <laughs> no, I totally so, get that. And yeah. you, so you become torn as a as a an artist versus a person because of that. And wow, man, that's hardcore because I know people that, can just do it like it's no thing and it's like how do you do that <laughs> you know, sometimes you forget about it you know sure. sometimes you don't talk about it and songs can uh get a different meaning also sometimes you know they can morph Very and true. stuff but, but in general yeah there's something about the song anyways but you know um i mean if you would ask one of like a like a more mainstream rock band and they have that one hit that they always have to play over and over you know it's how much can you love that song still you know that's after? that's very true especially when you know you get bands that that really play massive shows 
and play a lot. Like when they uh, back in the just say in the '90s when certain when bands were doing like 250 dates a year, and you know, all, doing that whole thing, playing f- four and five and six nights a week and whatnot, and playing the same set list. So yeah, I would definitely get old. <laughs> So when I mean, you when you do do the set list, especially with having such a broad catalog of music now, how do you all go about creating and curating a set? Yeah, now it you know in the beginning the problem was that there wasn't enough songs. Sure. So you're <laughs> playing you the whole album in its you know? entirety. <laughs> yeah, and um, now the problem is that we haven't toured with the pandemic albums, which are Lucifer three and four, the two previous albums mm-hmm. we never toured with. So um, when we will go on tour in three weeks, we do a European tour. Uh, so then it was like, fuck, how do you? <laughs> now we have more singles than fit on a Lucifer set list. You know, sure. we are not Metallica. We're not gonna play for five hours. You know. But um, how many songs can you put into like an hour and 10 minutes? I don't want to play longer than that because, first of all, I want my voice to last for the whole tour. Mm-hmm. And because it's very high and very low, it's like a lot going on. Uh, I can't sing for two hours, um, at least not for an entire tour. Um, you know, I have to be able to hit all the notes right. I'm very anal about that. So the set list can't be longer than an hour and 10 minutes. Um, and yeah, we have more singles out than would fit on that. So then it's like, okay, shit, what do you take out? You know, but we will right now we are kind of focusing on, um, the, the last three albums. Okay. Because we haven't played those a lot. Right. And with, like you said, with three and four being released, uh, and not being able to be toured on that yeah mm-hmm. you really have to kind of do that stuff and yeah. and play those songs and find out which ones obviously when you listen back you know what songs are great to listen to on on like the download side right or or whatever but finding what works live sometimes those songs that are downloadable and are just so awesome don't work live yeah, I, I try to um, keep it interesting for us. It's like when you make the track list of an album, you know, like when we start writing on an album, for example, and we have like, let's say, three, four demos already, but you know, you need nine songs or something. Um, and then it's like, okay, we have three hard rock songs. Maybe now it's time to, you know, do one of our Doom songs, like, or the one that's more like, um, you know, slow kind of very gloomy ballady type or whatever and because Lucifer has all these different ingredients and live I think it's also important to uh, in a tra- in a set list to keep it interesting you know you don't want you don't want to play three ballads back to back or three songs that are in the same key sure and uh, that's also boring or that have the same drum pattern so um, you know maybe like two doom so- songs are enough for one list and maybe only one or two ballads are enough. You kind of want to keep it. Um, yeah, a you gotta. Bit you gotta be able to. It's the, all about the emotional connection with everybody. You exactly. you really have to have your highs and lows. Sorry to interrupt. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and yeah, you really have to have that. And it's it flow. And people love that. 
you know, it's like a story to them. So they stand at that show and they don't want to be bored by something that's like samey, samey. You see that they enjoy everything. They they enjoy the like the hard rocking ones where they can have their fist in the air, you know, and they're like rocking out. And then, you know, it's like the ballad one where um, they get like really emotional. You see it on the faces and stuff. So um, I think in order to give people uh, the show that they pay for, it's it's important to put effort into the set list. Totally. Definitely. Um, out of everything that you all have done, what is, uh, is there any songs that you have not done live? Oh yeah, there, uh, yeah. There's quite a few songs. Well, aside from not being able to tour because of pandemic, like strictly from like a tour aspect, like if you one and two, you got to tour those albums. Did you play everything from them live? We certainly played everything from Lucifer one live at one point because that's all there was. Sure. But then when Lucifer two came out, there's probably a few songs on there. I know we've never played Pacific Blue. Um, now I actually don't even. I have a little bit of a blackout. What are all the tracks on Lucifer two? It starts to be morph. <laughs> nice. Um, Oh, but we have we have definitely not played everything of the Lucifer Settlers. Maybe one day we should play all the songs we never played. Good idea. That's a, that's awesome because, yeah, I mean, why not, right? And and I love two because two was the first album that I I got from you all, and and I was actually in Los Angeles when I bought it. Huh. Uh, I was over at Amoeba. And that's where I had picked oh. it up from, and so it holds a special place in the in the CD player for for that because I I always I, dig that stuff. I love Amoeba; it's such a cool shop. Oh, that's for sure! Cool. And it was the album cover, and like I said, I knew who you all were, but the album cover is always what stands out, I think, to me first because I I you know that that metal guy, I guess, but. When you all do album covers, how do you all how do you do it? Because the first album is just the white and the gold. The the second album is the three of you on there and in the progression up into the to the cross and now just to you on the cover. What's the what's the artistic idea behind this? Yeah, so the covers ideas are all mine <laughs> because I kind of um uh, set the direction, you know. So I what was always important for me was that the record cover sticks out because like you i'm a very like visual person and record covers are super important for me because that's how i grew up actually um, best example is what you have behind you metallica mass of puppets and ride the lightning and when i was a teenager mm -hmm. i had money to pick i remember so i went to my first metallica show when i was 13 uh, and 14 and um i saw them twice in 92 and 93 with my first boyfriend who was a huge Metallica fan also and I had enough money to buy I wanted to buy my first Metallica album but I had only money for one so I was like oh fuck okay is it just Swall, Ride the Lightning, Kilimon, Master of Puppets and I picked Master of Puppets because of the album cover because I always loved crosses and cemeteries sure. so Master of Puppets was my first Metallica album um, because of the cover. So covers are very important. And, you know, when the first Lucifer album um, 
when it was like, okay, what is the cover going to be for Lucifer 1? I thought, okay, I'm going to do something that nobody expects from me because I had a band before called The Oath. Um, they had a little bit of an underground hype in the so-called occult rock scene or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, that's even a thing. So, you know, given the other bands of that type of genre, uh, they would all have like really dark album covers. So I thought, no, I'm going to, for Lucifer 1, I'm going to do exactly what nobody will get. I'm going to take the super bright, you know, turquoise. Um, yeah, I know it looks almost like white with the gold. And um, of course, the initial uh, thing that outcry was like, oh, that's a horrible color to use for Lucifer, for an album called Lucifer. But now people get used to it. So I think I set like a different standard. And then I thought, okay, now it's time for Lucifer 2. Um, now I want the opposite. Instead of having it so obscure, I'm going to put the band bam in your face (laughs) and then you know and I always want to do something that's different and um, that's different from before and something that we haven't done and then you know then we had the album cover that was like a painting um, and and so on so um, I just want the album cover to be a surprise something that people don't expect and I want it to stick out in the record shelf like when you know in the shop when people see something and um i wanted to pop out somehow definitely and and yes i love the the cover to three also because that's the one that looks like the painting as you said because yeah and and it does i completely completely dig the colorization to it uh who who designed the logo since you all said you've done pretty much everything did you do that or did you actually have somebody yeah, um, that's a guy um, from San Francisco called Alan Forbes. He is um, he's like a screen print poster uh, design dude, and he uh, he made the logo. I asked him. Um, I showed him the first Russia album, and I said, "Can you um, take this font and um, turn it, make it a little bit more three D, you know, with more shadow underneath, um, and make." as a logo out of that. And that font uh, that Rush used was actually very popular in the 70s. I mean, there's a lot of, uh, when you when you are into like poster graphics and stuff, you keep seeing that, yeah. I never, never made that connection. There you go. <laughs> I'm not a Rush fan, but I love- I am a huge album. Rush fan too, that's okay. the thing. Okay, uh, that's the thing. <laughs> I never made that connection. That is amazing. Uh, (laughs) I'm going to ask you one more question before we get over to the derailed segment here. And that is on the upcoming tour, what are you most looking forward to singing in the set? Uh, At the mortuary. That's my favorite Lucifer song ever, actually. Nice. <laughs> because it has all the different elements um, of um, what you find in Lucifer. It has the doom, the heavy stuff, but then it also has the parts that are like eerie and weird. And then it has a part that is super upbeat and almost hopeful, but then don't get your hopes up too much because it's going to end in death and misery, you know? <laughs> right. And yeah, and why not? Because yeah, for sure. So let's go ahead and switch over to derail. This is five random questions about you as a person. Uh, okay. These these come from a deck of cards that I have, and yeah. So 
I'm going to bring up my email because I thought I had it and I didn't. All right, here we go. Is there a band out there that is so good that makes you want to stop creating music? No, not at all. Um, Actually, because I'm not that type of like competitive or I find it more uh, inspirational if there's a good band. Sure. Uh, I'm very interested in hearing how other people do things. Uh, I think the the problem is that nowadays there is no contemporary bands that knock me off my feet. I, I love all the old shit. I understand that. And yeah, there are times where even in the even with older bands, like I've still noticed like where if you listen to like peer group bands today, uh the where we all kind of might say, Oh wow, that's kind of sounds like this band because you know the the tone might be the same or the a little bit of the riff might be similar. I still notice it a lot with like Iron Maiden and Judas Priest and Ozzy back in that day where they mm-hmm. were doing similar riffs to each other. And it's just like, who's listening to who? <laughs> Which, yeah. Right. And, and I yeah. and I dig that because it shouldn't be competition because we all make our own type of, of noise, right? Yeah. And everyone is somehow influenced by something. You know, I mean, even the bands, the old bands that I love are influenced by something. Back then, you know, the 70s bands were also like influenced. And yeah, I mean, if I would want to compare Lucifer to the stuff that I love from the 70s, then I could shoot myself, you know. I mean, we'll never be one of those bands, you know. But all we can do is, you know, just just stay true to ourselves and and really mean... uh, mean it, you know, love what we do and not just make an album because... Um, nuclear blast wants us to make an album or something like that. Right. Um, like we want to, you know. I want to write lyrics. I need to actually. I need to uh, to survive in this fucked up world. I need to turn my misery and my heartbreak and all the things that happened to me and the friends I've lost or family who have died or whatever. I need the songs to. They're my therapy. You know. I, I build a world with Lucifer for me to live in. To For make sure. it livable in this horrible, nasty place the earth can be. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And wow, see, that's that's fucked up because this is the second time in an interview this week that I've done that. And somebody is like giving me the, the end-all be-all like great philosophy. Uh, philosophical fucking like out like like reaching out touching the universe in like the first or second question <laughs> who was the other person who did that uh, I, I believe it was uh, Mega Colossus okay yeah <laughs> and I was like damn it man he's like well you could cut it out and, and put it at the end I'm like no <laughs> I just asked you if you want milk or sugar in your coffee and you like yeah, you got yourself alive. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, what is the longest you've waited in line for something, and what was it? Hmm. Probably standing in line at the American Embassy for my fucking visa interview. And <laughs> Nice. Yeah, can- it's government. Of course we're all standing in line for that shit. <laughs> all right. <sighs> yeah, how long? Uh, probably hours. 
hours in the freezing winter cold of Sweden. Oh, that's <laughs> terrible. Fucking fucking U.S. government shit, man. <laughs> uh. What's something cool that you're using uh, lately? Uh, app, uh, a product, you know, a, a, a type of a service. What's something cool that you're you're into and using these days? Something cool. I'm trying to think. You know, I'm such an like analog person. The coolest thing that I'm using right now, and it's nothing modern. I show you. Hold on. Sure. Nick gave me. Holy shit, those are awesome. So I love this. So he gave me this for Christmas and I flipped out because, I mean, it's really like nothing and those things are kind of cheap, but I started labeling like everything. (laughs) 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 Okay, for for the listener, this is a Dymo. So you can, and it has the old school font. So I immediately labeled all my, you know, my stage gear and like, or spice jars and, you know, like, (laughs) I couldn't stop myself because I think I have OCD or something. I'm not diagnosed, but um, yeah, it gave me great pleasure, this thing. Definitely. <laughs> I, you know, I was probably 25 or 26. And for my birthday, a, a group of my friends, we used to play D&D and all of that shit too. And like a bunch of uh, like role-playing games and they ended up getting me like uh like one of those mega stamps where you could like and put out like like four or five words on it and stamp it and then just continue and i was like yes this is so fucking cool (laughs) and and it led me to honestly doing that for my band where we have our own stamp that's really cool what a cool idea you know what i need to steal that idea because uh, absolutely yeah that's so cool yes i need to i need thank you for the idea Uh, you can take full credit that looks so cool i'm gonna put it on every letter and every everything yes on my forehead but Um, (laughs) right right that reminds me i had in the 90s um i had a stamp with a bat on it and i really love bats so i stamped all my books you know and all my letters and postcards with a bat and then signed that's (laughs) awesome that's cool i'm gonna have a listener stamp yes writing it down what habit do you recommend uh that makes you get to your goals what what do you do that you could recommend to somebody else to to achieve goals? To achieve goals, um, remember nobody's gonna do it for you. So roll up your sleeves and fucking get to it. Get up in the morning, make yourself a strong cup of black coffee like I do. Put some cold water in your face and then you know roll up your sleeves and sit down and write yourself to do lists and work them off. Shit, yeah, that's that's, that's great, uh, and putting a deadline for me—that's my to thing to put a fucking deadline on it because if you don't, you'll never get it done. Exactly. So I put in the calendar. I put things that I have to do also like in the calendar. So then I look. Okay, what do I have to do tomorrow morning? All these things, and then I will try to work that off. Hell yeah. yeah! See, that's awesome, and and determination that to 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 work to that list and to to achieve it and get it done that kicks ass. 
But I need to because I think um, I need that sort of portable portable brain. Uh, you know, like I need to write it down so I can get it out of my head because mm -hmm. there's so many things floating around my head um, all the time. Uh, it's a little bit chaotic inside here, so I need to, you know, put things on different lists. And you know, I have my lyric snippets and sure. <laughs> my to do lists or my shopping lists. My yeah, it's um, everything needs to be so written down. So with all of that, do you have to? Can you immediately call up live and just say, "All right, this is the song we're gonna do." Uh, you see the you see the name, you know the song. Do you or do you have to use maybe a little bit of a callback? Do you have to use like a uh, maybe the first word of each line shown to you or something? How how does that work for you? Of our own songs? Yeah, for no, sure. Those, yeah, no, no. I um, I mean, we before we go on a tour, we have maybe three or four rehearsals. So that's. That's where I will memorize uh, the songs. I know that we've had this, that we decided, okay, let's play a cover on the tour. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know, Ear Drinkers and Hellraisers by ZZ Top or something. And then um, I have found myself writing like the first word of the three verses on my hand, just right. to have the first word to, so I know which was the second verse again, so I don't, you know, mess it up. Sure. So, yeah, I've had written like cheat word on a uh, on a set list, but not all songs. Usually, when we play a cover, just because I um, it would be horrible. I don't know. You play like something so iconic as "Don't Fear the Reaper" and you mess up the lyrics when the whole crowd knows the lyrics. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. We're singing <laughs> singing. Uh, I've done the the thing where singing uh, verses in wrong orders. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that happened. That happened. That's why I think it's really helpful to just, even if it's just the first word or the first three words of each verse, mm -hmm. you know. So then you know, okay, then you know how the rest goes already. Oh, absolutely, uh, Johanna. I have one more question, but before we get to it, as always, links are listed below. So give likes, shares, and follows. Go follow them on social media. Go buy merch. Go see them live. Hopefully, we'll get a, a cool, kick-ass U.S. tour this year. I don't know. I don't know. And, and I'm, I'm kind of asking, but not asking. <laughs> okay. Um, well, since we've just done a U.S. tour in November, um, actually, our visas have just run out. So okay. I will have to apply for new visas. So I can't promise we'll be back this year. Um, hopefully, though, uh, in 25. Hopefully this so. Year. Hopefully we're yeah. not at fucking World War Three at that point. Fuck. Oh my god, yeah. Fuck. Uh do you have any shout outs you would like to give today? Shout outs. Or anything else you want to promote? Any kind no, of artwork? Any yeah. kind any other yeah, bands? Yeah. What do you Yeah, go Sorry. ahead. Sorry. <laughs> oh my god. We have so many friends in the States, so if I had a shout-out, it would be never-ending. But I do have a shout-out. I want to shout-out to the Early Moods from L.A., which was our support band uh, on the last U.S. tour. And that's a really cool band, so if you don't know Early Moods, listen to them by their new album. Um, fucking awesome killer band that you yes. should catch light if you can. And um, regarding Lucifer, I would like to uh, give a shout-out to our... Um, 
newsletter <laughs> that I write. So um, please, you know, if you want to know and be up to date what's going on in the Lucifer world, subscribe to it at um, www.lucifer.church. Um, and every now and then I send out a newsletter with stuff that's going on, things that we have coming out. Um, we will have some nuggets coming out throughout the year, um, but I can't talk about it right now. Sure. I dig that. Awesome. Thank you so fucking much. This has been an absolutely great uh, conversation and interview. Uh, my final question of today is what weird thing that you think is socially awkward that you could make acceptable? Me. I'm socially <laughs> extremely awkward. <laughs> and I hope um, I'm some sort of acceptable. <laughs> Aww. I don't know. I'm such a weird... No, seriously, though. I am a true weirdo, you know. Uh, I'm trying to think what that thing could be. I think we all are. To our own degree. Totally. I mean, to our own degree, I think we all are, no matter what, no matter what politics you believe, no matter what your your orientation is, whatever you believe. I think we are all weirdos to our own degree, and we are all just trying to 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 play the same game. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah, yeah. Some more or less or on different types of levels of the spectrum right yeah sure absolutely yeah absolutely so yeah, it's a pleasure to talk to you absolutely uh, it has um i appreciate you coming on this week um like i said i'm excited that the new album is out and i do plan to uh make it to a show to see you all um hopefully here uh soon hope uh I'm going to try and make it over overseas, actually, as well. So um, on our way out today from Lucifer 5, what do you want to play? At the Mortuary. Uh, at the Mortuary. Yeah.
Welcome to the night. You think you know Night Demon? Then the Night Demon Heavy Metal Podcast is for you. Step into the darkness as we peel back the curtain to give you an unprecedented, all-access look into the mind and the heart of the demon. We're talking band history, song analysis, studio anecdotes, stories from the road. It's everything a diehard Night Demon fan could want and more. This is the only place to learn the inside scoop, the deep dive trivia, the untold tales from the band members themselves and those closest to the Night Demon story. Need more? The sacred Night Demon crypt will be pried open to reveal demo recordings that have never before seen the light of day. All with in-depth commentary by the band and the people who were there for the writing and recording process. This is a gold mine, a treasure trove of all things Night Demon. Head over to nightdemon.net or wherever you listen to podcasts. Since 2013, there has been a calling from the underground, from the graves of all those unholy, and they decided to make a zine to talk about all of this. Soul Grinder Zine, an independent metal zine to keep you informed on all things metal and horror from the underground. Available in both print and digital formats, they're bringing you the best interviews and reviews out there today. Not only do they do the zine, but they also do compilation CDs. Check them out at facebook.com slash soulgrinder.zine and start your subscription now. Hey everybody, let me tell you about the new sponsor to the Metal Forge, Unchained Tapes. They're an independent Pennsylvania tape label. They focus on extreme metal and punk with a killer approach to the tape scene. Visit their web store at unchainedtapes.bigcartel.com now to get your fill of tapes. And for being a Metal Forge listener, enter the code METALFORGE10 at checkout to get a 10% discount on your total purchase. That's unchainedtapes.com bigcartel.com What's up, Metal Forge fans? This is Alan Bishop, the alchemist of Indiana's Black Forest and head distiller at Spirits of French Lick. Do you find yourself drawn to the unexplained, fascinated by the Fortean, or enchanted by the paranormal? If the things that go bump in the night resonate in your mind, then tune into my brand new podcast, If You Have Ghosts, You Have Everything. Featuring first-hand accounts, collected stories, interviews, history, and speculation related to all things not of this world. Available now on Anchor, Spotify, Google, Amazon, and more. Set back, relax, and remember, if you have ghosts, you have everything. Hey, let me tell you guys about Mercenary Press. They're an independent London label and distributor of all things metal. Mercenary Press delivers the goods from their own independent zine. Trust me, 
you're going to want to get in on that. To distributing various bands from all over the world, including Cramp from Spain and Sadistic Force from Texas. Visit mercenarypress.bigcartel.com to find out what all they have in stock and what you can order. And for Metal Forge listeners, enter code METALFORGE10 to receive a discount on your total purchase at mercenarypress.bigcartel.com. Check it out now. Hey, Metalheads, it's with great pleasure I get to tell you guys about a new sponsor to the Metal Forge, Ageless Art, New Albany. After 20 years of owning and operating Ageless Art in Clarksville, Indiana, Phil Garrett had a vision for a new type of tattoo studio, something that is clean and modern, sleek, refined, inviting. And he's done just that with Ageless Art in New Albany. You can find it at 2736 Charlestown Road, New Albany, Indiana, 47150. Business hours are Monday through Saturday, 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. Sundays are 12 to 6. All sessions are appointment only, so give them a call and go get you some new ink. Or if it's your first time, go get your first one, baby. Maxwell's House of Music in Jeffersonville, Indiana is the premier 12,500 square foot music superstore that has served both Southern Indiana and Louisville, Kentucky metro area for over four decades. Originally founded by Marvin and Beverly Maxwell in the 70s, this gym remains a Maxwell family-owned business. Mark Maxwell, along with his business partner, Whitney McNichol, continued the reputation as being the national resource for all things music. In 2022, the iconic Guitar Emporium of Louisville relocated to Maxwell's Music, creating the largest independently owned showroom in the region. The retail offerings at Maxwell's Music includes a huge selection of guitars, basses, amplifiers, effects pedals, modeling amps, keyboards, drums, banjos, mandolins, ukuleles, sound systems, stage lighting equipment, and accessories. The music education program at Maxwell's is second to none. From private instrument and voice lessons to DJ, EDM, recording, songwriting, and music theory, to Rock School, Weekend Warriors, and Maxwell's Music Lab, there is something for every age and every ability level. Down in repair land, guitar and instrument repairs and refurbishment are taken care of by the Maxwell's team of expert guitar technicians and luthiers. They also do appraisals of instruments as well. Maxwell's offers installations for professional audio, visual, and lighting systems for schools, churches, clubs, VFWs, funeral homes, sports fields, and so much more. There's also rentable space at Maxwell's, from the music practice and rehearsal rooms for the individuals and bands, all the way to a meeting space and concert venue that seats up to 120. That also includes a professional audio, visual, and lighting system and a sound booth. Maxwell's has it all. All this plus original functioning 1947 recording booth to make your own record. Go to the Guitar Hero Throne, to the very own Elvis statue, and don't forget the Harmony Green Pocket Park. There's a reason 
New Maxwell's House of Music in Jeffersonville, Indiana has been recognized by the National Association of Music Merchants as a number one award-winning best store design, as well as top 100 music store year after year. You gotta see it to believe it. Maxwell's House of Music in Jeffersonville, Indiana. (laughs) 